the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. All right. Let's get it going right here, right now. This is New Generation Declassified. And you're listening to an all-new New Generation Declassified here on the two-man power trip of wrestling podcasting empire. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and uh, every single week I, I, I tend to be by myself a lot, but I think there's a little more energy in my voice when I have somebody sitting uh, directly across from me on the video scope, and I'm joined here by uh, the one and only uh, king of the Get My Go universe, <laughs> my favorite and yours. Uh, everyone give a big hand to Mr. Mike Durban. Well, Chad, sir, thank you for having me back on. This is one of my favorite shows Whenever it loads up in my Apple podcast, I, uh, whatever I'm listening to, if it's Cornette or whatever, you know, I'll, I will take a break and I will, you know, go through a half hour episode. Your, your shows are the perfect length, uh, that you don't, you don't babble on like, uh, certain inspired people that talk for an hour and 20 minutes at four in the morning. But, uh, yes, I'm happy to be back on the show. Well, I appreciate that. I really made that like the goal of putting the show together is to make it consumable because you can't sit here and talk about these things for, you know, an hour plus. And even I even feel like sometimes the 45 minute duration can get a little long. Just this is a take it in and go off to your own devices. Sometimes it leads to somebody going to watch something that I mentioned or whatever. And I was thinking about this too, as I was getting ready to uh, get you on here, I don't even keep count of like what the number is of the episode just because I enjoy doing it so much that it's easy and and I don't want to make any like extra effort, I guess, for it. So thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I do enjoy when you have guests on, but I am amazed when you're solo even more so because you have the ability to talk by yourself for 30, 40 minutes and it's, it's not boring at all. Your knowledge is, is supreme. It's at such a high level on this era and it doesn't sound like you're reading off notes or anything. It, it's so, you're just a natural. That's it. You're a natural. Well, thank you. And I, I don't like to have notes. I never did uh, because I think you become too reliant on them. And it's funny too, because I did try to prepare for this episode and I got, it, it backfired on me. It blew up right in my face. So uh, you can never be too prepared because once you are, you get a little too hyper-focused on being perfect. And to me, it's just this conversation with this little black thing here in the front. Uh, it's the microphone I'm, I'm pointing at. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm glad you're on. Did you get a chance to listen to Radio WWF? You talking about your episode from last week? Yes. Yes, definitely. I listened to it. As soon as it loaded up, I, I put it on. And uh, I I knew there was such a thing as Radio WWF, but I never heard it. Obviously, I was I was not watching at nothing. Like I was completely out of wrestling at that point. So I've never heard any of it. And um, it's fascinating, the topic that we're going to discuss today. Yeah, so Radio WWF, like I said last week, if you didn't listen, go back and check it out. Um, A definite uh, experiment worth doing for them at that point as they're trying to reach a broader audience. If you think about, like, if you go to listen to the NFL game in your local area, in New York it was on WFAN, you'd hear Westwood 1, right? If the WWF teamed up with a Westwood 1, I think everybody would have heard the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania or SummerSlam. But these little offshoot shows, like the one we're going to talk about today, is the interesting one. And if anybody did ever hear these, I'd want to hear from you immediately. Please reach out via email, Twitter, Instagram, 
whatever. Um, but before we talk about today, did you get a chance to listen to the Royal Rumble clip? The one that was in the episode. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. I, I have such a bad memory. That's why it's I fine. need to make notes because I my memory shot. Thank God, you know, for you and, and, and the Aussie guy. You guys, you know, I've done what 68 episodes to get my go i don't know which episode has what in it i forget everything and and dean especially th this guy knows exactly what was said he knows the episode number and uh i my brain is is mush so that i, made some I notes can't today. help you with either but okay so but with last week when i played the clip inside of the the radio days yeah. episode of the 1994 royal rumble it's obviously wrestling that you're listening to you could put on the pay-per-view broadcast and leave the room and it would have the same effect but it being actually a radio broadcast to me is what I liked about it. What did you think about the the quality of Vince uh, of Jr. Gorilla Monsoon, but on a radio format? Well, I Jr. is one of the best. Well, J uh, scratch that. Jr. is the best. He even in that era, he was more like you said, more sports sounding. Like he right. sounded like a real sports guy, and uh, I, I mean, it's amazing. Like if if. If I had the choice to listen to that or to whoever was doing the uh, commentary on the video version, I would probably switch over to uh, JR. You know, and it reminded me of, um, you know, my stepdad is a major Bears fanatic, you know, going back decades. And when I was a kid, we'd have the game on TV, but then he would listen to the AM radio because he, okay. liked, he liked those guys so much better. He hated the uh, TV guys. So. That's what it reminded me of, and um, I would have done that if I had the choice to listen to JR. So you would have had Vince McMahon and Ted DiBiase on the Royal Rumble pay-per-view that night. No way. No way. <laughs> I, it's a hard pass. <laughs> I, I don't know if they did it on the Royal Rumble 94. I know at Survivor Series 93 they swapped, and Vince McMahon and Bobby Heenan did the radio WWF, and Gorilla Monsoon and JR did one match on the Survivor Series, but I, Bobby Heenan and Vince McMahon is a little bit more uh, palatable yeah. than uh, DiBiase and McMahon. But DiBiase's not bad. He's just not, you know, JR and Gorilla Monsoon. How do you top those two? Those you are can't. at the top of, like, everybody's list. They're Gorilla Monsoon and JR. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Radio, Radio WWF, the pay-per-view broadcast, great. Also, I left in there specifically for somebody like you, the little Easter egg, when the hell have you ever heard a WWF Hasbro radio commercial before? <laughs> yeah, never heard of Never. So that wasn't uh, promoted to the uh, Major Brothers and their uh, little wrestling figure world. They got to hear that. I may have to uh, smarten them up on that. No, without a doubt. So this topic uh, today is a very controversial interview, perhaps one of the first uh, of its kind. I uh, was trying to think back to when the first shoot interview even, you know, hit the mainstream. And I think it might have been in 1995. So I think this even predates this. Uh, this is from October 16th, 1993. The radio WWF broadcast hosted by Jim Ross and one Johnny Polo featuring a special guest, the Macho Man Randy Savage. So if I tell you that without you knowing what we're about to talk about, what are you expecting as the Macho Man being a guest on a radio show? I don't even know. Like, is he going to be in character? Or is he not going to be? That's the question. You know, your WWF interview. You're thinking it's going to be. You know, I'm a couple time champ. Uh, you know, I'd love to get back in the ring. Uh, Monday Night Raw is the greatest show ever. 
things like that, right? Easy yeah. questions. If they take questions from callers, I'm sure the callers would be a little bit more getting into, you know, maybe the more taboo stuff, but you wouldn't expect this to be what it is. And folks, we basically get the first ever shoot interview uh, at the hands of uh, Radio WWF. And that is the Macho Man opening up a can of verbal whoop-ass on one immortal Hulk Hogan, who at the time was gone from the WWF. He left in July, technically kind of under the deal, but not. Um, what do you remember about uh, that later half of Hulk Hogan when he was out the door? Wasn't really the most memorable version of Hulk Hogan. Well, yeah, I was out at the door at that point, so I don't remember his final days. But was the European tour the last thing he did? With last them? thing he did it was right before he left in, I believe, maybe September okay. of that year. But, yeah, the German tour, there's stuff. Anybody who sees pictures on the Internet of, like, Hulk Hogan and Yokozuna and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, it's from that tour. Okay. So he's gone, and is Macho full, full-time commentary in October of 93? He's in full-time commentary mode, but they're starting to plant the seeds of the Crush feud. Okay. Crush is mentioned a few times in this interview. Ah. Okay, so that's, that's another one of the little things. This story that he tells, I can finally say, now there's a lot of people, and I know you listen to Jim Cornette, there's a lot of people out there that think that Hulk Hogan is a liar. Well, for sure he is. Okay. Yeah. So you, you would agree in that sentiment? I, I think it's hard to tell if he's purposely lying or if he's just, you know, telling the story that he believes is the truth, you know, because he's, if you watch any interview of, with Hogan in the last 10 years, he's telling the same stories over and over again. We, stories that we, we could probably tell them just as well as he could. And you don't know if they're true or if they're, if they're just based on a little kernel of truth and he's going off, you know? It's almost like you could listen to it and then hear Bruce Pritchard talk about it and then just go and do a podcast <laughs> about what Bruce Pritchard had to say. Am I right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Ling linger longer, folks. Okay, so in this interview, the Macho Man, I have to say, corroborates a story that Hulk Hogan has purported for many years. And that is how the Macho Man and Elizabeth broke up, essentially. Now... Yeah. Macho Man gives it from his perspective. Hulk Hogan has given it from his perspective. Have you heard Hulk Hogan's side of the story? No. I mean, I'm sure I have, but... You, you have to. You have. Yeah, he it is, was, whose story has the tennis instructor? So the in tennis it? instructor is the Hulk Hogan version. Okay. Hulk Hogan says more detail. Okay. Because little, little did we know, uh, Hulk Hogan was kind of involved with the fact that she was leaving the Macho Man. Oh. <laughs> Not that he did anything with her, you know, uh, yeah. intimately, but just the fact that the macho man's controlling ways uh, were definitely being seen by the Hulkster and the Hulkster's wife, who macho man calls out directly in this interview. So now in the story, it is that uh, Hulk Hogan was filming the classic Mr. Nanny. Have you seen Mr. Nanny? I have only seen No Holds Barred. That's it. Never okay. saw Suburban Commando. Never Pause saw, uh... to watch along Mr. Nanny <laughs> for the next hour and a half. Watch Mr. Nanny. Okay. It's, uh, it's got its moments. Okay. It's good. It's, uh, Sherman Helmsley steals the show. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, Hulk Hogan was filming Mr. Nanny in Miami. Uh, while Hulk Hogan was there with his wife, Elizabeth was brought down to help watch the kids. Okay. Two kids in Miami and, you know, at a young age. I don't know why we needed Miss Elizabeth there, but nonetheless, 
Uh, they got her out of the house because the macho man was being a little perhaps controlling of Miss Elizabeth. Where, where are the Poffos living? Are they in Sarasota at this point? So they are in that, yes, that Sarasota area. Um, I don't know. Maybe they had a house in the Tampa area. Now, I don't know where it's Sarasota and Tampa intersect, but the Hulkster has been in that Tampa area forever. Okay. And seemingly, uh, you know, I would think that they were in Sarasota. Okay. On the beach. Wherever Macho Man lived when he passed away, I think, is where they were, uh, they were living. But... As they say, the story goes on. Elizabeth uh, may have been shacking up with, as the Hulkster said, the tennis instructor at the club that they were staying in uh, decided to kind of go rogue and shack up with the tennis instructor while her husband had no clue where she was. This is where the macho man's part of the story becomes interesting. Now, in the interview... Jim Ross and uh, Johnny Polo, a.k.a. Raven, are leading the questions. But the Macho Man reveals a lot about a paranoid husband. Could you almost sympathize with what the Macho Man had to say about Elizabeth? Definitely. What, uh, so if I'm leaving anything out, please you know, um, uh, stop me because he gives the details of he was trying to call her. Nobody was answering. And he was freaking the hell out. And any husband or any boyfriend who's trying to get a hold of their significant other, you know, that's a scary ass feeling. Yeah, especially back then. I mean, you know, we've, you know, for the majority of our adult lives, we've had cell phones, you know, sometimes the early versions of cell phones. But back then, dude, you could not get a hold of anybody if, you know, there was a landline and that was it. So if this guy's, he's probably frantically dialing the, uh, the couple numbers that he has and that's it. Yeah, you know, this day and age, you know, it's harder for a woman or or a man to go rogue and not answer because, you know, it's just it's easier to find people, you know. And uh, it's so simple, and you're trying to put yourself back into that time frame where he says in the interview, like, I called multiple times, no answer. You know, I called Hogan's room, no answer. I called the desk, you know, nobody could get her on the phone. And you know, he could be thinking she's you know at her head chopped off in another room. Or <laughs> worse, yep. Yep. <laughs> she. I, I think he would almost settle for the head chopped off in the other room versus <laughs> what she was doing. Yeah. Um, but what he kind of does is he calls the Hulkster out on the carpet and same with his wife for protecting Elizabeth and not kind of letting him in on what was going on. I think the macho man looks like the sympathetic baby face here and the Hulkster comes off looking like a liar, which is what the macho man flat out pegs him as during this interview. Yeah. He was betrayed. You know, they, he thought that was, you know, they were like best friends, right? That's what you would be led to believe. So you would think that your best friend would take your side instead of your wife, you know? But yeah, exactly. It's like Macho's a crazy guy. He's, you know, he's, he's very jealous. Obviously, everybody tells that story. But, um, so I, I think nobody's innocent in this story. No. No, and I think both sides of the coin, the Hulkster, definitely they should have said something to Savage. You know, Savage should have maybe uh, had a little bit more uh, intimate knowledge of what was going on with his wife. But that wasn't the only thing that Savage called him a liar on. He flat out calls him a liar as it relates to the Hulkster's appearance on the Arsenio Hall show yeah. from 1992, I believe in the lead up to WrestleMania 8, where... Hulk Hogan is flat out asked, did you use steroids? And I think Hogan says yes, once under a doctor's care, yeah. which I mean, like 
to me, it means nothing. I, I really don't give a shit if a wrestler uses steroids. I personally, I want them to use them because I like the way the wrestler looks when he's jacked up the way he is because I can't get that jacked up. I want to yeah. see them jacked up. The Macho Man calls him out for being a liar on that as well. Yep. And then he he says that he never took him or he, you know, I think he took anabolics. Some, he anabolic says, yes. I, so they said they asked him flat out. JR says, have you ever used steroids? And Randy Savage says flat out, yes, I have used anabolic steroids. And when he was on them, you know, he didn't take them for a long time and would cycle off, yada, yada, yada. But it also goes to contradict kind of, and this is what I found really interesting about it. The WWF had a strict drug testing and steroid policy at that point. And I was trying to figure out where this was in the timeline and when Vince McMahon was on trial or about to be on trial for distribution of steroids. And here's the macho man coming out and saying i took them but when i took them you know i didn't do it under vince mcmahon's orders i did it because i thought i would look good or i thought i'd do this but i didn't take them for long um so i I kind of found that to be an interesting wrinkle and then he said that nobody in the wwf uses them yeah that's where i think he might be a liar (laughs) (laughs) sorry about that much i gotta call you out on the carpet for that now, by 1993, though, it's hard to say who might have been on them at that point. Yeah. You know, that's where you start to see the smaller guys. Now, you do have your Scott Halls of the world, you know, and your Kevin Nash, who are naturally huge guys. But is Brett taking steroids? You know, is Owen taking steroids? Is uh, Roddy Piper, when he came back, he was as thin as a rail. You know, yeah. was he on the steroids? So it, it's interesting to say maybe in 1993 – Nobody was, but in 1992, <laughs> the Ultimate Warrior and the British Bulldog were fired for steroids. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I wish my, see, my damn transcript got cut off that I wanted to read off of, and Mike has the, uh, the transcript in front of him. So I would love to read the quote he says, but I can't goddamn see it because that's the beauty of doing this on the fly the way I like to do it. Uh, when you think about what he had to say about the Hulkster now, are you surprised they didn't censor it? Or do you kind of go with the thought I said last week of how nobody might've been listening to it. And that's why they got away with saying this kind of shit. Well, do you think Vince McMahon knew that this was going to be talked about? See, I don't know. I can't tell in the, in the context of how it was presented in this newsletter that had the transcript and the fact it was, you know, covered by the wrestling observer and whatever, I don't know if he would have. Could this have been part of the reason why Vince soured on his relationship with Macho Man? That he went into business for himself and shot on Hulk Hogan the way he did. Yeah. Because that's always the mystery. Is it this preposterous uh, uh, Stephanie McMahon Macho Man story that I still do not believe one single bit at all? Um is that what led to him hating Macho Man? Or was it maybe that Macho Man went into business for himself on this radio show? Could be. Do you think Jim Ross knew what was going to be discussed? See, that's the thing that's interesting because the questions seem very leading. Yeah. So there's a good possibility. Mm-hmm. But do Jim Ross and, and Johnny Polo even remember that this interview took place? Because yeah. <laughs> I do love Johnny Polo stays in character during it. Yeah, he's being With, real annoying, and uh, Macho Man tells him several times to shut up. Yeah, yeah, like like you would on commentary on TV. Yeah. 
Do you uh, find yourself to be a Johnny Polo fan in retrospect? Not at all. I mean, I've <laughs> seen very little of Johnny Polo because I don't... didn't watch anything back in that day. And then I think the only time I've seen him was um, like if I if I went back and I got like the Survivor Series box set, you know, and I watched every Survivor Series and I think he's on, you know, he's managing somebody. So I, I really do not know much about him in, at that time. I like the Johnny Polo character. It's so different than what Raven is and was that that to me is interesting alone, but it fits in perfectly in this era where it's just so over the top goofy. Yeah. You know, but as the manager of the Quebecers, you know, also is another like questionable (laughs) why, (laughs) you know, like did they really need a manager with a, uh, you know, I don't know, preppy dorky like uh, character. Yeah. Uh, there was another. Did you notice that Macho Man called himself the master of the phone? He said, "Be being the master of the phone that I am." Like when he was telling the story of how he was trying to track Liz down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love that. I don't know if that was that supposed to be like. Was he not really the master of the phone? Was he like? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Back in the day, there was uh, you know nine digits and a couple of stars and a zero that you could uh, really uh, reach out and touch if you wanted. Uh, this is what I found to be the most interesting little comment about the, the macho man saying anything in this interview. And again, I'm going to consider this to be the only shoot interview of this era because he, he rips Hulk Hogan. He calls him a liar. You know, he basically blames him for his wife leaving him, which, you know, they did, did say it was amicable, but was it really? You know, I think it was kind of forced in one direction. Um, this is the interesting quote, Okay. Uh, a lot of people out there might be thinking it's professional jealousy, but now putting professional jealousy aside, if there is any, which I'm not saying that there is, um, did you, did you check? Sorry. I'm trying to speak like the macho man while I'm reading this. Uh, he, okay. The professional jealousy line. Let's stop right there. What do you think? Why would he say that? No idea. At that point in 93, would you say the Macho Man and the Hulkster are as close to one and two as you could possibly be in, in the wrestling industry? I don't know if Hogan really cared that much of where his spot was at that point. You know, he was trying to make movies, right? Yes. Hogan was on his way to making the movies, which the Macho Man also <laughs> calls Hulk Hogan out for big time in the interview and saying that no holds barred sucked. Yeah. Mr. Nanny sucked. Suburban Commando sucked. Yeah, he said uh, No Holds Barred made $10 million. Uh, the next one made even less, and then the third one made even less than that. So he, he broke records on how little the money was, or the how little the uh, movies would make at the box office. That's, you know, that's crazy. You can't imagine. Like, you would picture Hulk Hogan's most bitter enemy on TV saying that as part of a storyline, not his quote-unquote friend, you know, brother, mega powers, teammate, calling him out like that and saying he was a flat-out bad movie star. Now, I also find this kind of funny. Only, what, two years later would we see the Macho Man on Baywatch with Hulk Hogan right by his side? Yeah, it's like... You know, they get in fights and they make up and it's like they're on and off again, you know? Uh, Yeah, they're on and off. And, you know, to say that Savage goes into WCW, what? Let's see. By this point, he's around. No, by by that time next year in 94, 
he's on his way to WCW. I think he debuts in December 94. So just a year later, you got to think, does money walk and bullshit walk? Is it just that the WWF wanted Savage to say this stuff? Like, where the hell was this really? Yeah. When did the um, when do you think they filmed that Baywatch episode? They or, uh, filmed. Is it days? It was July ninety five. Okay. And we didn't see it broadcast. I think until like March ninety six, because that's how TV used to work yeah. back in the day. You wouldn't see shit for months. <laughs> so they had to have reconciled before December of ninety four. Oh, had to be. I think if you're bringing the Macho Man into WCW in nineteen ninety four, you got to get the Hulkster's blessing. Yeah, because Hulk brought him in. Uh, the the guy who wrote the um, the 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 newsletter that posted this uh, this transcript it's not your uh, it's from the wrestling flyer is what the name of this newsletter was this guy claims that this is an orchestrated shoot mm. by the macho man but I don't know it's it's hard to say because what what were they trying to orchestrate Hogan hadn't left for WCW at this point so what what is there an orchestration for why why would they do any kind of planned thing. Wouldn't you think they would want Hulk Hogan on their side? Excuse me. Yeah. We may never know because he probably took that secret with him to the grave. JR may know. I don't know. Has, JR, has Jim Ross ever spoken about this publicly? I have never heard this talked about. I heard there's a, there's a clip by uh, Pritchard from one of their shows uh, about one of the guys, maybe Savage or Hogan in this era um, with uh, Bruce and Conrad. There's another podcast that did a whole episode about radio WWF that talks about this. Other than that, I have never heard this talked about anywhere else. I remember like murmurs about a shoot, but I never read it in a transcript form like I did last uh, Monday or Tuesday at the mechanics office while I was looking up shit for radio <laughs> WWF. Uh, why don't we have this? How come this hasn't been released? What are your thoughts? Are you a fan of lost media? Definitely. Uh, well, where the know, hell is this, Mike? <laughs> speaking of lost media, do you know, you remember uh, Vince Russo's radio show? Uh, uh, Vicious Vincent or whatever? Yeah. So speaking of lost media, he had them all on tapes, on cassette tapes. He had every episode, right? Right. And I asked him, I'm like, why don't you put those out like on Patreon or on the brand somewhere? And he, he's like, he got real quiet. He's like, Mike, he said, um, I was trying to get him. He said he ordered something to, to transfer him on his own, right? And he said um, something would happen with the, with the first one he tried. It didn't work. So he got so mad, he crumpled the cassette, and then he proceeded to crumple all the cassette tapes in that box. He, he destroyed his whole archive of the radio show. I find that very hard to believe. Well, why he hasn't released it at all? <laughs> I think he just doesn't want it. I think maybe they might be bad. <laughs> maybe they're just very bad, right? Could be, yeah. I mean, but, but Frank, that's think impossible. That... How do you do that? I don't know. He, he told me a similar thing about recording, um, you know, because he has two books. Like, why don't you do an audio book? And he said he, he read the first chapter of his first book. I'm Jim Ross, everyone. Alongside Gorilla Monsoon and Gorilla, this is the sixth. You don't have to do it yourself. Like, no. Get someone professional. No. I mean, when I have time, I'll sit here. I have hundreds of VHS tapes uh, that have been collected and given 
happened to me over the years uh, where I can go through and pull commercials of stuff you haven't seen in 30 years, right? It's hard, it's time-consuming, but it can be done. Um, The lost media that's out there, somebody has this somewhere. For this person to have transcribed this, that meant it had been listened to. Okay, where are these tapes, and why wouldn't somebody like WWE want to put this kind of content out in this consumable day and age where we want more? It doesn't have to be on Peacock. It doesn't have to have stellar video accompaniment. All it needs to be is, hey, on today's WWF podcast feed, you know, uh, Michael Cole hosts a look back at Radio WWF, including this never-before-heard interview of the Macho Man from October 16th, 1993. Have they ever used any of it anywhere? Have you heard any episode any kind of DVD or anything? No, the only stuff that's released is that one clip that I was able to pull last week, and I drew two minutes on the episode prior to this one, but it's a 40-minute clip from a radio station that broadcast the 1994 Royal Rumble, and that's all that's out there on YouTube. You could search it up and down in 50 ways to get back to where you started. You can't find anything, and and I'm reading all these message boards, and I I don't go on a wrestling message board. I don't look at that stuff. And I was going through everyone that had the name Radio WWF in it, and all everybody says is, where can we find this? Why can't somebody unearth this? How the hell does Meltzer not have this shit? If only a, a young Chadster would have thought of this during his time. <laughs> yeah, when I was in the when I was in the uh, the trenches, right? Yeah. Because had I said it, they would have looked at me like I had ten heads and said, "What's Radio WWF?" And now don't speak ever again. Did you know about it back then? Oh, of course I knew about it back then. If you watch the pay-per-views, they would throw to it. They would say, "Hey, look up in the skybox. There's Gorilla yeah. Monsoon and Jim Ross. There's Radio WWF." And you would sit there and you would go, okay, all right, I'm 12 and I like to listen to the radio and I would love to order this pay-per-view, but asking my parents to throw 50 bucks down is a little bit easier said than done. But if it's on my effing radio station, I could just listen to it. Well, it wasn't in the New York area, so I couldn't. But now in the Midwest, I pulled whatever I said last week. There was one out of Cleveland. There was one out of somewhere, um, St. Louis. You know, there's some some other markets that had it. I wonder what the attributes were to be considered uh, an affiliate. Yeah. Uh, Just, you know, I guess sum it up. Again, there's really not much to talk about other than Mr. Nanny kills it, says it was a shitty movie, made no money. Suburban Commando made no money. No Holds Barred made no money. Elizabeth uh, and him amicably split. But Hulk Hogan is to blame because he hid her from him and couldn't get through on a phone, yada, yada, yada. Calls him a liar for taking steroids. Just in at the end of it, were you shocked with what you were reading? Yes and no, because I, you know, I'd heard little bits and pieces of it, you know, from different stories. But uh, did Liz and Linda ever reconcile? Did they become friends again? So... I don't know because it seems like during those NWO days, it was really just a professional relationship with Savage and Elizabeth and she went one way and he went the other way. Now, I don't know if that meant Linda and Liz reconciled, but um, Macho Man also kind of calls the Hulksters, uh, both Hulk and, uh, Hulk and Linda out as being users. Yeah. Did you catch that? He said that they basically 
they did their job to split them up and they kind of left them in the dust and forgot about both of them. I believe that. I think Linda Hogan is one of the most despicable women uh, in the wrestling universe because, you know, we all know stories about her, but um, just a terrible woman. Um, I wouldn't put anything past her. It's a little weird, too, because, you know, I mean, I hate to look into the dirtier side of couples and the way they go about things. But usually when a couple uses another couple, there's other things that are involved in it. And I'm not saying that about Hulk Hogan and Linda Hogan or Linda Bolea, but, you know, that's usually when things go south. (laughs) You know, if you know what I'm trying to say, I'm dancing around the topic without really uh, saying it, but I don't know. Maybe was there some other element that led to them? Why would they just forget about Liz and move on and not be friends with them anymore? It's very strange. Yep. Uh, did Linda Hogan ever come out with a book? I think she did, right? I think she did, but if you or I really don't know any details about it, what yeah. does that really tell you about the uh, the publication? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I wonder if she touches on this story at all. She probably has to, right? I just called the Hulkster and his wife Swingers, and you... you <laughs> I would already assume that. I mean, dude, you, you know, you know, you have, you know, about um, the secret lives of these wrestlers. I mean, like when the page footage came out, I'm not talking about Diamond Dallas. Well, speaking of another, another swinger, Diamond Dallas page, but yes, I'm yeah, about the, allegedly the female page, um, you know, we, we saw that video and you're like, wow, these, you know, the Brad Maddox is filming it. I'm like, these are some fucking scandalous people, man. And then, you know, speaking of diamond Dallas page, um, you know, Kimberly, she made her rounds, you know, with all the the guys. Allegedly. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Bischoff too. There was always the rumor that page and Bischoff were swingers and that's how they kind of became the close friends that they were. And then there was also, uh, you know, the stories said by the ultimate warrior about Hogan and Mrs. Hogan and that they were getting around. If you know what I'm saying, sharing, if you will. So wouldn't doubt it. Maybe the warrior wasn't crazy. Like everybody (laughs) said all along, maybe the macho man, you know, was onto something, you know? And again, it's, it's always funny. I listened to a lot of the shoot interviews with Scott Hall's passing. I just, I love whatever he talked like just off the cuff, right? He just the most natural sounding guy, but he always talked about the macho man and like how the macho man didn't get how cool he really was. And in those later years where he was like kind of clinging to this, the stringy long hair and not really like buying into like his hype and, you know, the famous line of it's not fair. What's not fair. You and Nash get all the pussy. (laughs) And he's, well, you know, you're the macho man. You're the coolest guy here. Nobody wants to talk to you. It's funny how, you know, you or I could maybe feel a little bit insecure sometimes, but here we're reading a guy pouring his heart out about his wife, possibly leaving him and cheating on him. And then a, a few years later, Hall and Nash talking about how he doesn't have the confidence in the bar with the ladies you could go back to this interview and you've got your sources to why. Yep. He's a tortured soul, man. Poor guy. Don't those always become the most interesting after they are gone and you look at them and you say, well, we can never get those answers. Yeah. It's too bad. He never wrote a book. You're damn right. Well, this and is he the never did we'll any to tell all. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, he never really did any shoot interviews in that, in that era when they were real no. popular. Mm-mm. Nothing. Right. He was pretty no. much, 
Nothing. A, rec- a recluse. Now, if he was around, he'd have a uh, show on Peacock where he would talk to the boys. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> why is the Undertaker going to have a podcast? Come on. Yeah. And you know, his, his was he married to that woman at the end? Was he married to her or not? The 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 the, the one who was in the car when he passed away. Yeah, the high school they sweetheart. Had just gotten married like a year or so before. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm just gonna guess that she inherited a lot of money and she's very well off because oh i'm sure you know if she was hurting for money she would have she would have had a book you know and she would have told all these stories and everything but you know we're never going to know so much about the guy because you know his two main women you know elizabeth is is not with us but it just seems like this uh the second wife is she's not sharing anything so well we could go talk to mr lanny poffo if you'd like (laughs) I love Lanny Poffo because he's such an anti-smoking uh, person. You know, he will um, he cuts promos on people for smoking, and he writes poetry about it. So uh, that's that's why I like that guy. I uh, I got to say one of the most underwhelming interviews I have ever been a part of was Lanny Poffo. Mm. I don't know if I just expected more because he's such a good interview. And maybe shot a little too high, but I just remember doing that interview with John and just afterwards being like, that was not what I thought it was going to be. Was it giving you nothing? Just giving us nothing and just, you know, wasn't feeling it. It just Mm -hmm. didn't click. You could tell from the start, it just didn't click. Yeah. But where he resides now is in the box of guys that I've interviewed. So congratulations, Lanny Poffo. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we can get out of here for today. Uh, I'm going to leave a link to the transcript in the uh, the comments below this posting on the Twitter page. This will appear on. And uh, if you'd like to click it and read it while you can, uh, just don't click it a couple times like I did and you'll lose access to it. Um, <laughs> signing up for the 30-day free trial, I did not get my access back to this full article. But I was able to read it and it was great. And I suggest you do if you want to learn more about the Macho Man and those inner workings of uh, the greatness that was Macho Madness. Uh, so, Mike, before we say goodbye, uh, let all the great listeners of New Generation Declassified where they can find anything and everything of the world of the Mike Durban Show. Well, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Mike Durban, D-U-R-B-A-N-D, and uh, check out YouTube.com slash Mike Durban. I have um, many videos, many thousands of videos, uh, music videos, um, different stuff uh and then of course if you want to see the chadster and myself you can go to youtube.com slash get my go and you can also listen to us on any audio podcast uh any audio platform whatever um but we have coming up i would say in a month's time is going to be the edited version of Get My Go episode 69 with the Queen of Extreme, Francine. And it was me, Chad, uh, the Aussie guy, and the legendary Francine. Uh, and it was just such fun to record with her. She <laughs> is hilarious. She totally got it. She um, she was she was the best, man. I can't say enough great things about her. So check out uh, patreon.com slash Francine podcast. Uh, if you want to hear the full version of that, that's where that's the only place that only will be. place, only place, yeah. audio and video and yeah. great work by you with all the work uh, put into it on the post end of it. 
I had such fun. You know, normally it's a chore to edit these things, but uh, doing that one was was such fun because she is she is the best. I hope to meet her in person one day, but she never does any conventions in my area. They're always on the East Coast. Yeah, no, nothing I know of on the radar. So uh, you're gonna have to come this way if you want to meet her. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I will. I will. Uh, I got to meet the Chadster in person. Yeah, and uh, Francine and, and Joe Feeney and all you East Coast people. I told you, if you ever plan on coming to Washington, I got a uh, basically a guest suite for you uh, down in my uh, my my basement. So <laughs> yeah, I got to see that bar, the bar, the yeah, the bar, the bar, the hangout spot of uh, Northern Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, uh, Twitter at Get My Go Show. Please follow us there. We need more Twitter followers. I don't know why my personal Twitter has triple of what Get My Go has, but. Let's try and get the uh, get my go Twitter up. I think it's a thanks for listening to the two man power trip of wrestling. Yeah, Shadow Band, of course. What the Don't world think I have is down? There's things about get my go that I feel are definitely hitting some algorithm of uh, of shadow banning. You know, I, I see Ryback complaining all the time about his. Yeah. It's got to be something. Now it's like I look at his at one million followers, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm only getting like one point two percent." And if any of us got that, we would have like quadruple the amount of people uh, on our social media <laughs> yeah something's going on uh all right and if you want to follow me it's at chad emb on twitter on instagram it's at ib exclusives uh head to my website ib exclusives.com for my upcoming signings head to below the to get yourself a chadster t-shirt and stay tuned to of course tmptempire.com for all your podcast needs from myself and the one and only Mr. JP John Paz. So for this edition of New Generation Declassified, we will see you next week for the Mike Durban Show. This is the Chad, sir. We will catch you on the flip side.